Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, and professional wrestling fan. How are you doing? Hopefully, you're well. It is a great time to enjoy sports cards, be in the hobby, enjoy sports, and sit here and think about how, why, or what we're going to do with our collections. And that's how I'm thinking about my stuff each and every day. And I'm honored to be here. Another episode, episode 138, the Stacking Slabs podcast. Just got done with my chores. You all got chores. You got to do chores so you can get that distraction-free card time. You know what I'm talking about. You can't just dedicate all your free time to card time or you're going to get some heat. You're going to get some heat from the wife. You're going to get some heat from the kids. You're going to get some heat from other family members. They're going to say, hey, why aren't you paying attention to this? Hey, why aren't you contributing here? I always try to make an agenda and I always try to get things done. Knock those things out right out of the gates. I like to get all of the dirty work done early so that I can sit back, relax, and enjoy my time with cards because there are rabbit holes I like to get into. I like to look at pop reports. I like to look at the sales history. I like to get on card ladder. I like to do all of these things. It's a lot. I love the research. I love doing the work. And I'm sure that's what you like to do probably because if you're listening to Stacking Slabs, you always know it's about the damn work. Do the work. Don't let anybody up out there tell you what to do or how to do it. That's the beautiful thing about sports cards. We have the opportunity to be unique, curate our own collections, make them be collections that give us joy and happiness. And that's how I'm feeling right now as I lead off on this episode. It's a beautiful day here in Indianapolis. We are having people over in our neck of the woods We've got a massive festival that happens each and every year. Actually, each and every year is wrong. Not last year because COVID got the best of us. The neighborhood I live in is an old Italian neighborhood in Indianapolis. And every year they've got the Italian fest that goes on. And man, it is popping off. Last night, um, it was just going, man. Fried raviolis. You know what I'm talking about. All that good stuff. Um, I, we've got an old Italian joint down the street, my favorite Italian food here in Indianapolis. And I'm telling you, I think even if you came from other places where you'd say, man, my Italian's the best, this Italian is really good. Family owned, family operated. Here's a free plug for you. Iarias, if you're ever in Indianapolis, go hit up Iarias. They won't treat you wrong. I like the pizza. Oh boy, the pizza pie. It's so good. I'm getting hungry here talking about it. I got to save my appetite because I am going to be throwing fried raviolis down my throat until I can't move. But that's what we do on the weekend. We let our hair down. We eat a little unhealthy. We enjoy our time with cards, but always get that work done first so you don't have people on your back. So that's what I'm doing. I just got done cleaning the house. And I'm, I got surprised this week. I got to tell you, I got really, really surprised this week and caught off guard. So I've talked about my life being a little wacky right now with a lot going on, um, work life, family life. It's all good. I love it. But I put on a podcast, my favorite podcast uh, for, that covers my team. Shout out Kevin Bowen, Kevin's Corner. 
Indianapolis Colts podcast. Kevin is a graduate of Cathedral High School. That is my alma mater. That is my wife's alma mater. We like to win state championships over there. Shout out McGrath Cards. I know you're listening. Two-time state champion quarterback, Terry McLaurin. There's a lot of boys. Matthias Kiwanuka won a couple Super Bowls with the Giants. A lot of, lot of good stuff going on at Cathedral High School. Um, but I, I was a little caught off guard when I was listening to Kevin's podcast this week. I, I get some podcast time when I get out of my house, get off my chair. I'm like, I got to be, be, get out of the house for a minute. So I put on the podcast. I'm walking. And all of a sudden, he's talking about the Colts and Panthers practice, scrimmage practice this week. And it just didn't dawn on me. Then all of a sudden, he says at 1 o'clock, Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Stadium, Colts, Panthers, Sunday at 1. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. We're hosting. I'm going to the game on Sunday. And it just hit me. When I came back home, I had a package from the Indianapolis Colts on my doorstep. It was a nice little season ticket holder gesture, some, some, some nice Colts-branded glasses and some uh, horseshoe uh, ice cube deals, gimmicks, whatever you want to call them. It was very nice of the Colts. Um, showing some love to all their season ticket holders. But man, all of a sudden it spun me in a frenzy. I was texting my wife and said, you want to go to the game? She's like, yeah, I want to go to the game. So that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, the preseason's preseason. It's not, not anything to like go crazy about, but I'm kind of a nerd. Like I get in the weeds. I, I read camp updates each and every day. I watch the videos. I like, like it all. They're my squad. I like to know the position battles, what's happening. So. I take all of that content that I've learned over the last couple of weeks, and then I go to the, the, the game and just see how it plays out. So obviously the storylines are Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger. Let's see who the backup is, and that is an important word, the backup. Chris Mortensen put out a report this week that got me, ooh, feeling so nice about you know Carson and Quentin Nelson both feeling good on the f- feet and expect to, to be back uh, week one. They're not back week one. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but it's a lot better to hear that early than them being on the other side of it. So football season is here. You all have your squads. Everyone's optimistic right now. That is what we do as football fans right now is we're optimistic. We just say to ourselves, you know what? This could be the year. And, you know, when your team gets off to a nice little quick start, then you, you feel real, really optimistic. So I know you're all out there. You all have your squads. You're all in getting in your fantasy football drafts. You're all collecting your football cards. It's here, baby. We're going to get, there's every weekend, we're going to have football until freaking February. How great is that? Red zone. Let, let's go. Let me just watch that red zone. Go into the games. Texting your friends. Getting fired up about the season. That's what I love. This is the best, man. And it snuck up on me. Speaking of other sports, we got Summer League going on. And I don't know about you, but I've been a bit of a little bit of a degenerate there. I'm staying up way past my bedtime watching summer league games. Man, the NBA has really gone full calendar year, man. There's always something. So I know a lot of people are optimistic. It's nice to see the rookies out playing ball. Um, I'm, I got to say, like, you know, it's just summer league, and we've seen guys pop off in summer league who haven't amount to anything in the, in the regular season. But I gotta say, I'm I'm a little I'm 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 getting a little excited about my man uh, Chris Duarte, the Pacers draft pick from uh, Oregon. He has looked nice, got a little confidence. Shout out Vintage Pacers, shout out Wax Museum podcast. Um, I know they've been uh, consuming some summer league content. Um, there's just a lot of sports going on, and you thought, 
it's always like when the Olympics die, and I'm not, there's a lot of baseball fans out there, and if you're a baseball fan, I watch the Field of Dream stuff, man. Couldn't write that any better. Um, it's always just baseball, but now with training camp and the way it's been promoted, preseason happening, fantasy sports, DFS, all this stuff, people are getting fired up all the time about football. Now you have basketball at the summer league, just a lot of juice, a lot of mojo going on. A lot to get excited about as sports cards, new products are coming out, all of this stuff. It's just a good time to be in the hobby and be a fan. We got to be a fanatic here. All Attach yourself to a player, attach yourself to a team, and go all in. It's a lot more fun this way. Passion over profit. I watched the Pacers documentary, Malice in the Palace, and man, you know, I'm not quite sure um, what my mindset is, and by the way, I'll plug him again. Check out uh, Kyle Wax Museum podcast. I know he's doing a he's he is the person who should be covering it, but he is doing um, you know covering the doc and covering just that. And I think probably cards will be involved. So check out his pod this week. As I got into watching it, I, I really shielded myself. I watched it Friday night and I shielded myself from all other distractions and people commenting. I just wanted to go in with a fresh perspective. And I didn't really know what to expect. I, I can say this. I was a freshman in college when it all went down. And I remember after it happening, walking back to my dorm room. And I remember immediately seeing the images, seeing the video. And my first reaction was, it's, it's all over. Immediately, that's what hit me, is, is that it's all over. Um, the Pacers were the best team in the league. Um, they were building a team that was, you know, supposed to alleviate some pressure from Reggie, but allow Reggie to compete for a championship um, as he was winding down. And it was all over just like that. I, I would highly recommend everybody out there to watch the doc. I think it layers in a great point of view supporting the players. So much of the narrative has been supporting or talking about how you know they were thugs and this and that i think it's a really good film um as a basketball fan or just as a person to just gather these points of view um i can say this at the end of it uh my wife and i were just like man we love steven jackson <laughs> it was fun to, i know he's got this the super successful podcast but it was just uh, i had a that was my big takeaways man the loyalty of steven jackson and his mindset around it all um, just a fun documentary. Um, so go check that out. I know it was a black eye, but it's really good to bring it back to light and hear the players who are involved talk about it. What a wild time. Hopefully that never happens again. A couple days after this drops, I will be getting on a plane and headed to Las Vegas with my buddies to go to SummerSlam. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, the biggest freaking party of the summer outdoor where the Raiders play. We've got some dope seats. I'm going to be taking photos, I'm sure, posting it on the IG. It's going to be a quick weekend, but I'm really, really excited. And what got me super excited was SmackDown this week. The Roman Reigns and John Cena segment and build was exactly how you should build a big match. I left that promo in that segment thinking, I'm about to witness potentially one of the greatest moments in WWE history. I know that's a lot, and I, don't, I hate to be that emphatic, but you have 
the guy that was the guy for generations now versus the guy who is the guy right now. John Cena just turns it up a level. He turns it up a notch. That's why he is who he is. That's why I collect rare and scarce John Cena cards because he, he ha- he's a movie star. He, everyone likes him, his stuff. And when he gets into the squared circle, he really levels it up. There's a lot of good stuff on that card. I'm excited to see Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks part two. Beautiful performance at this year's WrestleMania. I'm excited to see Seth Rollins versus Edge. Who who wouldn't want to see that match? Not so much excited to see uh, Goldberg versus Lashley. I could do without Goldberg again, but hopefully maybe Big E gets a little cash in there. I don't know. But what I'm going there, why I'm spending my hard-earned money, why I'm getting on a damn plane, I'm there to see Roman freaking Reigns, the tribal chief, acknowledge him versus big match John, John Cena, the franchise. Let's go. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. And I wouldn't, I didn't expect, and this is what happens with cards so so often. I didn't expect on the other side of going to this trip and probably spending some money, you know, buying some merch, hanging out maybe doing a little gambling. Shout out to all you degenerate gamblers out there who like to take a little risk. You know I'm going up to the sports book and you know I'm putting a future bet on the Indianapolis Colts. I got to do that. That's just what I'm, if I'm in Vegas, hey, whenever, when you're in Vegas, come on, what are you going to do? But, you know, I got some money being spent on the other side of this uh, podcast on that trip. And so I was trying to conserve funds, but you know what happens? Sometime a card pops up and you know what? You just can't stop thinking about it. You see it, and that happened to me this week. A card popped up, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, man. Oh, baby. I didn't think you were going to arrive right now. And I'm unprepared for you arriving right now. However, I need you. I need you. You represent something that can enhance my collection. It fits in. It pairs. So that happened to me this week. Went scrambling a little bit. Um, I'm not going to talk about the card right now because I don't have the card in hand. It's a little rule of thumb. I've shared with a couple people, but I'm going to wait until I get it in hand. But talking through that, this is what happened when the card got lit. It just immediately got listed. And I said, okay, the, the price of this card is under market value, not by a lot, but it is slightly. And there was a make an offer feature on it. So I said to myself, oh man, knowing what I know about this market and the players who are involved in this market, they're smart, passionate collectors. And I could see someone pouncing on this, but I I took a step back and I said, you know what? Make an offer, make it a fair offer, hope that no one else jumps on it and see what happens. So it was one of those deals, and we've all been through this, where I extend the offer. It's like 11 o'clock in the, at night. I wait up a little bit. I'm like, is, he, is, is this person going to you know, counter? Is, are they going to accept? Nothing. I waited until about 11.30. I was like, you know what? I just got to go to bed. Eyes open, 3 a.m., look at my phone, nothing. Eyes open, 5.09, when I wake up every morning, nothing. Did my thing, went running, breakfast, started the day, kept looking at my phone. 
Um, I've got a FedEx guy bringing a huge box uh, to my doorstep right now as I record. This is my life right now. This guy's probably going to knock. It looks like a Fisher Price something. My house is full of boxes, everybody. Baby mania over here. But I, I, I got nothing. And then all of a sudden I got out of a meeting and I looked at my phone and I saw a notification from eBay. I clicked it and it said, offer accepted. And I said, yes, awesome. But then the other part hit me where it was like, okay, since I'm not trying to dip into the personal stash, what do I move to cover the cost of this? So I went through that whole exercise, went up to the PC, evaluated, tried to build, figure out who fits in where, what can go. And so I went through that process, sold a couple cards quickly. Shout out to, shout out to, to everyone who uh, asked me questions and bought those cards and then um, put another one up on eBay to cover the cost of the purchase. Trying to be responsible these days. I'm trying to not pull a bunch of funds out from my personal account. I'm trying to really ask myself what needs to be here, what doesn't. And I just went through that process. And I'm sure next week I'll I'll share some more information about that card. But that's something we all go through. And I wanted to just call it out at the top of the podcast to say, man, just always have to be on it. And maybe it's not something you want. That those are the things that you hit click and they're on your watch list. And then you look at them, you're like, yeah, I want this. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to pay the price. I'm going to keep it on the watch list. But sometimes a card pops up and it's a different hit. It's, I need this. I need this. And that's when you ask yourself, if I had this card, where would it rank in my collection right now? And that's the question you always ask yourself because placing that new card that you don't have that you want to acquire into your collection and stack ranking it amongst others makes it easier to understand which cards you're going to move. So just went through that this week. Wanted to talk about it. I want to spend a second on grading. I haven't talked about grading in a while. Um, and another mindset thing that I'm having. So I've been on a gold, WWE 2014 Chrome Gold Rush. I've been buying some others. There's 2015 and 2020. But I have just a pretty ni- nice little uh, little uh, stash of some golds. Number to 50, cards I love, guys um, that are significant to me. And so these are cards that I've been buying raw. Said it a lot, but wrestling cards, there are wrestling cards that are graded, but wrestling cards are just now kind of picking up steam, getting graded. Um, so my mindset here is, okay, I've got these, I've got these goals. I'm going to want them get, I'm going to want to get them graded. What do I do? So obviously the gold cards that I have right now are graded by PSA. Well, PSA is don't need to beat a dead horse are what they are right now. They're at capacity service levels. Same, same thing at BGS. Then there's SGC. So, undeniably, SGC had a, I would say, a great presence at the National. There's a lot of SGC slabs. SGC slabs because, uh, you know, they're, people are trying to get cards, grade cards, sell cards. They're active. 
I, I bought my first card in an SGC slab. So now my mindset is thinking, okay, do I pay 30 bucks a pop on these cards and send them to SGC or do I wait and send them to PSA? You know, there's pros and cons. I, I actually like the SGC slab. Um, I think that some of the cons with SGC is just the historical nature of, of the, the, the library or the, the, you know, pop reports and the data. Um, whereas, you know, PSA has that. But the other thing to think about, I think, with these golds is like, well, there's not a lot of these golds graded. So does it really matter? Like, since there's not a robust pop report from these golds in history on PSA, then does it make sense to go grade at SGC or does it matter? Does it matter if I have no intention to sell and probably just want to keep them in my PC forever? I don't know. That's what those are questions that I'm asking myself. And I just think, you know, the punchline of this is I think it's really good to have alternatives. It's really good to have options. And I, 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 will, not, I, I will not buy into the narrative that some people are spending that SGC has replaced BGS as the number two grading company. I, I, I'm not buying that. Go look at Golden Auction sale history and the cards in BGS Labs and what, they, what they've sold for. Um, do I think SGC from a, uh, a PR communications, marketing, um, you know, getting out there and talking to people. Do I think they're doing a better job than BGS right now? I do. Like, I don't, I don't think that's really hard to do a better job um, than BGS right now uh, when it comes to just marketing and getting, getting your face out there. But with this being said, I just say, like, we've talked about PSA, talked about BGS for so long. There's another player, SGC's in the mix. And I think now as a collector, it's an alternative that I'm considering. So I think that's cool. I think it's good to have options. And I think it's something that, you know, we should always be reevaluating and never just be set in our ways. As I'm thinking about football season and what's happening, I, I reflect back um, to last year and Kyle kind of stuck a little knife in my side, trying to bring up some, uh, some of my misfortunes when it came to collecting um, some wide receivers. I think wide receivers are fun. People like wide receivers. They're people we cheer for. They're the guys on red zone dancing in the end zone. But my mindset now is don't bring your fantasy or red zone mindset into cards or you'll get burned. Okay. And this is not saying don't collect wide receivers. I just think it's the mindset you are saying, go buy this guy. He's going to go to the moon. You better be careful. I talked to my experience last year where people, the bubble bubble was going nuts. People were spending an absurd amount of money on fourth, fifth best players on, on teams. So I shifted to football and said, well, people aren't buying receivers. I think this is going to be something cool. I think the number one thing that I learned is that you gotta, if you're going to buy wide receivers, they've got to be guys that you're not living and dying by the market and the ups and downs and the fluctuation of prices, but it's got to be guys regardless of the what's happening in the market they're guys you want to keep in your collection for me this is like colts right receivers for me this is like my terry mclaurin cards because there's a connection there that he because he went to my high school you got to have a mindset around collecting if you want to get into it or or you if you want to gamble and do it you just have to be able to, you have to be okay with taking on a tremendous amount of risk so things that i would recommend okay if you're going to buy wide receivers going into the season is buy the guy on your team. Best case scenario, you have someone on your team who is affordable, but still has the chance to go up. 
why I say that is because you connect your fandom to the player. And no matter what, like you are a fan of the player. So you've got the card and you've got the piece to represent that fandom. So it, it, it's not like a, a player for me that I've got in the card that's in my SGC slab. Uh, shout, shout out Mikey.sportscards for an easy deal on that one is Michael Pittman Jr., Gold Prism, got his auto, the Gold Prism auto. Michael Pittman Jr. is a, a guy we drafted, you know, last year. Shown flashes, probably stepping up, going to take that number one spot for the Colts. A lot of upside, a lot of potential. Regardless of what happens, like, I'm going to keep that card in my collection because I'm a Colts fan. So if you, if you are going to gamble, make sure that the team that you're gambling on or the player has the opportunity to win games and wide receivers are a part of it. Um, I think only a small, there's only a small percentage from last year of guys that really pop off. Having a great QB obviously helps. So if you're like, just like, I'm going to like buy receivers because I'm trying to pick guys that I think are going to go up in price so I can flip them. Like if you're playing that game, make sure that they're on a good team and make sure you, you make sure that the quarterback is established, okay? You don't want to take the gamble that like, oh, it's a young quarterback that might be doing well, might do well. Oh, it's a young receiver that might do well too. That's too risky. That, that's, that's what I would avoid. To me, like the receiver is like the second guy on the NBA team on NBA cards that like they just don't get that pop that the, the guy is. And in, on the NFL, in the NFL, the guy obviously is the quarterback. I think you just look at like, I was just thinking about like, five receivers that I think had pretty solid years last year is um, obviously Devontae Adams. His cards over the last quarter have gone down quite a bit. There was up with a bunch of hype, then it went down, then it went up, and now it's kind of back down. Just look at the charts. Look at the fluctuation. DK Metcalf, his peak was in November, right? You remember when he was chasing down, was it Buda, Buda Baker or? I think that's who it was. He peaked then, and then it slowly went down. Stefan Diggs was down, and then he, he kind of has this st- uh, stair-step ladder back up. DeAndre Hopkins, he is a guy that I think we can all say is one of, if not the best receiver in the league. And I think his cards were undervalued, and I hate saying that, but they were going into last season. And his cards have seen some dips, but there's just been steady growth because people are like, you know what, DeAndre Hopkins is probably one of the best gener- receivers of the last decade, and he's got an exciting team, and he's got a nice quarterback. Julio Jones, I think his, he had a big boom in February, right, when he, when he moved teams, but it's gone down a little bit. So I think like my recommendation upon all of those recommendations is just like do be a student. If you're going to get into receivers, study the charts. Getting into receivers might, might right now or getting into the right type of receiver might not be a bad idea because there's just such an obsession and infatuation with quarterbacks. Almost every team right now has a quarterback that has potential. And so people want to buy on potential. So when everyone's buying up quarterbacks. What do we do? We turn left and buying receivers might be the nice turn left or the zag, if you will, but make sure that you're mitigating the risk. You're doing the work. And if you do lose money, you're okay with it. 
The bad thing is, is if you lose money and you end up with a card that you just don't care about. I put out something that said conflict isn't a bad thing. If we all had the same opinion, then everyone's collection would be the same. You can call it a community market or whatever you want. We're all here for the cards and there's a ton of different flavors. Pick the one that is for you. I'm going to say this. Everyone has a bad day. Understandable. The people that aren't great people in the community, it's, it's okay to have conflict. It's okay to be dis, disagree, but don't be a negative asshole. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be the guy that thinks they know everything. It kills your brand, okay? No one wants to associate yourself, themselves with someone who's a know-it-all, who is bringing everyone down. Everyone else around here is having fun. It's okay to have conflict. It's okay to disagree. Disagreeing is 100%. But just don't, I'm seeing a lot of just negativity and people just being assholes. Like, don't be an asshole. Like, it's sports cards. Like, do you realize you're being a dick in a, in a hobby? I mean, like, it's just reflective that when someone is that negative, when someone is just being just a curmudgeon, to me, I see that and I say, like, I, I, I hope everything's going going on okay in their head or in their life. Something must be really dragging them down for, for you to spend your time and energy being so negative in the hobby. So there's just something out there. It's okay to be upset. Always just like take a step back before you post something. Just like ask yourself like, am I going to regret this? Is this how I really feel? I think those types of things are things we should all be thinking about as operators in the hobby, people who are building relationships, people who are building our brand. I got my basketball card fanatic. I'm excited to read it. It's the first time I got the basketball card fanatic print copy before I received the digital. So I am excited about that. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Team Collecting with Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast. I got a lot of good feedback on that. I love those types of conversations. We've got some more friends coming back on the pod. I got the Card Ladder team back on the pod. We just go through a variety of topics. I did want to bring them on because I wanted them to talk through the Card Ladder value and what that means and the formula and how that can help price your cards in situations where maybe a card hasn't sold in a while. So cool. it's, it's a fun conversation. We get into that. I'm, I'm looking for these AEW cards. Apparently, Steel City Collectibles keeps putting them up and they keep going down. I don't know. If, you, if, you, if you're out there and you see there's a pre-order for the AEW Upper Deck cards, give me a freaking shout. I don't want to miss out on this. That's the one thing I don't want to do. I'm going to close it out here talking about a topic. I don't really typically talk about this kind of stuff, but I feel based on what I do for a living, there is some voice that I can put towards this and just mindset. Really, I'm not here to bring anyone down, to pick sides, but I do think this is important. This week, I did what I do every day after a close-up after work. Plopped up my chair, opened up my Instagram, catch up what was happening for the hobby. Typically, following up on DM, sharing a bunch of cool cards in my stories that I'm seeing. This week, I saw a post from the anonymous hobby watchdog card porn that caught me a little off guard. I don't always agree with everything that this page posts, but I do find value, and I've told this to card porn in the role this account plays in the hobby. I've said it a lot, but I treat cards as an escape, and if it's controversial, typically, I'm keeping my distance. There's a lot of negativity on a post I put out there where 
Card Porton got tagged in this week. And it's not to slam people like Card Porn and Watch Dogs. We need that. Okay. We need that in the hobby. We need to hold people accountable. But for me, I'm typically I'm 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 keeping my distance. It's good that it's happening, but I don't want to get involved. Card porn's post was too significant to ignore this week. So I'm not gonna reiterate or rehash everything that's out there. This is all on Card Porn's page and it's on Alt's page. You can check out their statement. The suggestion based on what was put out there was that Alt was violating GDPR guidelines through their Chrome extension by taking private data of its users on eBay and using it for their platform. Alt said, we use the data to create better and more personalized experiences for the users on Alt. I'm not here to stir things up. All of the data is available for you as a listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast to go make your decision on what you think happened. And if you want to take a side, take a side. What I'm here to do is offer a perspective on what something like this can do to a brand if they are focused on self-interest in making violations of stuff like GDPR. I don't cover or comment on things that I don't have any perspective about. I think based on my background and what I do professionally, I can lend some perspective on the fallout of the situation. I work in technology. Alt is a technology company. I've spent my career working on companies that are data platforms. Alt is a data platform. I work in marketing, go-to-market communications. This is obviously a PR crisis for Alt. First, there are thousands of companies that serve this market. Thousands. There are dozens of new companies forming every month. As the market continues to expand, there needs to be more innovation to help support the growing infrastructure. In the last six months, it seems like this is happening 2x, 3x what it does be, did before, which is awesome. I've covered the acquisitions of, in technology initiatives at PSA on this platform. I'm bullish on platforms like Card Ladder. Although I haven't used the product yet, I've heard nothing but great things about things like whatnot for an alternative selling platform. I think being a technology guy and seeing innovation grow in the hobby is not only exciting for me, but it's a requirement for growth. What has happened on the innovation front in the last 18 months has been a story that I think I need to write soon or help author. The key ingredients that so many companies neglect when they start is focusing on their brand. I'm not talking about their logo. I'm not talking about graphics. I'm not talking about cute deliverables. I'm referencing the work that is being done to ensure that the people are saying great things about your company when you are not in the room. It's your reputation. First and foremost, the most important thing, it's about building trust. It's about building trust in relationships with your end consumer. It's about building trust with your audience. I love this hobby because it holds people accountable. You, people are watching everybody, and that's cool. That's, I'm not doing that, but people are doing that because people are trying to shake out the bad actors. It's, it's a strong community of people that shake out these people because they believe in protecting the hobby's sanctity. I study markets for a living. I've studied a lot in my career and have done have never seen anything like the accountability that's delivered in the sports card market. Companies that form and try to grab market share in the hobby are just commodities. If you own a company, you own a product, 
and you, you, you're like, I can't believe you just c- called what I'm doing a commodity. It's true. Personally, I don't give a shit about how revolutionary you think your product is. I care about the people behind the product and the service that it delivers. I care about their intentions. I care about how they treat their customers. I care about how they show up in the market. Messaging and positioning is a part of marketing. It's up to the participants to decide if it checks out or not. I'm interested in the fallout of this. Alt isn't the first to deal with something like this, and they certainly won't be the last. Undeniably, trust has been compromised. I wouldn't be talking about it on my damn podcast if it wasn't. There should be a lesson to learn in all of this. Everyone makes mistakes, but the importance is transparency. It's up to you as a listener of Stacking Slabs podcast to decide from the fallout what you think, what your opinion, what you want to do when this stuff happens. I certainly am not telling anyone what to do. All I want to do with my platform is share my perspective, and that's what I'm doing. There's a lot to be excited about in the sports card market. There's a lot to be excited about in the hobby. Let's continue to have fun. Let's continue to push new ideas. Let's continue to be transparent, talk to each other, and enjoy our damn cards. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back on Friday. Card Ladder Conversation. Take care, everybody.